want to thank everyone again for being here this morning with us to pray and intercede for Christ the King, most especially faculty, staff, and students of LSU. It's a gift um, to have Kevin McCall with us. He's going to be our speaker. And just a little bit about Kevin in the kingdom um, is about led to encourage and strengthen the body of Christ through passionate prayer, teaching, mentoring, serving, and relying on the Holy Spirit. Kevin connects people of various ages, socioeconomic backgrounds, races, and faiths to the truth and love of Jesus Christ. His ministry is rooted in a deep personal faith and an organic spirit-led approach. Focused on building relationships, his ministry journeys so far on building, um, have brought him to 15 states and six nations, proclaiming the gospel in both word and deed. Several years ago, Kevin felt called to give up his house and his possessions and left his successful business of 19 years of a hair salon to pursue his call. He is currently based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, proclaiming the gospel full-time. He relies solely on donations and give full-time to his call and ministry within the church. So... It is a pleasure, Kevin. It's a gift to have you with us always. And um, so I just invite you to come up, and um, we look forward to hearing from you. Good morning. It's an absolute joy and privilege to be with you. But we have come here today as intercessors, and we um, ha have been praying, and I want to even open this talk with a prayer. So let's just keep at this, friends. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time together. Lord, we thank you for the way that you have called us to pray. And we thank you, God, for the way that we have been able to pray individually. But God, we thank you for times of a corporate gathering, God, to, to be in the same space crying out. And so indeed today, Lord, we cry out, Lord, for this campus, Lord, for every student on this campus, and Lord, for their families, God, for the, the teachers, God, for faculty, staff, God. We thank you that you are a God who loves to convert hearts. You are a God who captures our attention and, and that you change us. So God, we pray that even in this time, Lord, that you will speak. We just position ourselves to say, speak, Lord. Your sons and daughters are listening. We are listening and help us to be obedient to what you say. We give you our, our minds, our ears, our, our mouths, our hearts, our hands, our feet in this time. And we thank you for your presence here tangibly with us on this altar and tangibly with us in our hearts. We praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. There's the Holy Spirit. So I just want to thank you first and foremost for taking time to come, for taking time to, to, to seek God in prayer, to seek God in the sacraments, and to seek the, the word of the Lord with one another. You know, Scripture tells us that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand to flight. What is it to gather people together to pray? It is power. It is hope. It is destiny. It is our call. Um, the catechism 
it's so fun. You know, it's like I would love to encourage some of you that, that maybe haven't looked at the catechism in a while. Look at the section on prayer. I had a very wise priest that said, really, that should have been the first. And if they started the catechism with the section on prayer first, it might have made some of the rest of it a little bit easier to follow through with. Because it's all about prayer is being your relationship with God. Prayer is the way that you connect to Jesus Christ. This is the way you get to enter into an actual um, dialogue. You speak and he speaks and, and you have the capacity to hear. I want to encourage every one of you, you hear from God. And you might recognize it and you might not. But through our baptism, through confirmation, gifts of the Spirit, we have been given the capacity to hear from the Lord, to be directed from the Lord. And our relationship in, in hearing and moving is based in the Scripture. When we begin to discover God of the Bible, He suddenly comes alive. So I want to offer some, some Scriptures, perhaps, to, to ponder, to, to think about as we begin to, to grow in prayer. Because how many of you are praying the same way that you prayed, you know, 10 years ago? Good, I'm glad, because I hope, <laughs> I hope that we have grown. I had a friend that was talking about, you know, um, this, this is a man who actually lives in France, and he was saying, yeah, someone was saying, gosh, we need to vote for this politician. He's been the same and consistent since he was in college. And he's like, well, I don't want to vote for him. If this man hasn't changed anything from college, we don't want him, you know. <laughs> hey, give me a break. We are called to grow. We are called to mature. I mean, I hope to goodness I am not the same person I was at Blue Ridge Community College 100 years ago. You know, it's, it's like it's time for maturity. It's time for something new. And, and, and this is prayer. Prayer should be an ever-developing, an ever-changing, an ever-morphing experience. So I'll give a little background. I grew up Baptist um, in the Appalachian Mountains of Western North Carolina. My mom's water broke on the front pew of the Baptist church. So, I mean, I was there from the beginning. And, <laughs> and, and growing up Baptist, you are taught scripture and you're taught very much you need to have a relationship with Jesus. Have you given your life to Jesus? Give your life to Jesus. And I gave my life to Jesus. I always believed in Jesus. But there wasn't so much teaching on what do you do once you've given your life to Jesus. You know, it's every Sunday again. Give your life to Jesus. Have you been saved? It's like, yes, I have. Now what? Now what? And so I had to realize, and this is as a, um, a mid, in my mid-teens, that, huh, I'm a Christian. And if I say I'm a Christian, I need to own this for myself. I've got to own this for myself. So I guess I should pray. And this was how the prayer journey began. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You know, I was like, but I began to pray that little prayer from a heart to know God. God, I want to know you. I believe in you, but I want to know you. And so beginning to intentionally pray, 
Now I lay me down to sleep. Led me on a wild journey into the heart of our great big daddy, Papa God. As I was praying that, my other thought, oh, I'm a Christian. Maybe I should read the Bible. And what other book do you pick up? And, okay, I'm going to read chapter 14, and then I'm going to go back to chapter 1, and then I'm going to skip to the end. I mean, that is not typically the way you're going to glean something from a book. Now, you can certainly glean great things from an excerpt, but to really understand, you start with chapter 1. And so, I'm like, I will start with Matthew chapter 1. This is a good thing. And thanks be to God, I had found this Bible. Basically, I stole it. I'm going to be honest. I was in the youth room one day as a a teenager, and I saw this, you know, teen life application Bible, and nobody seemed to want it, so I picked it up and took it home, and I never returned it. But (laughs) this version of the Bible, this particular translation, was so understandable. I wanted to know God, but thee, thou, and thus wasn't, like, helping me. But this one little translation of the Bible began to unpack things that I hadn't been able to understand for years, particularly because I started with Matthew chapter 1, so chapter 5 comes pretty quickly. And I'd always heard, blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm like, I just cannot figure out what this means. Does this mean God blesses the depressed people? I I thought we were supposed to be happy. What is this poor in spirit stuff? We've got enough sourpuss Christians already. I mean... This version of the Bible said, God blesses those who realize their need for him. And it suddenly clicked. Poor in spirit. Oh, wait. God, without you, I have nothing. I'm completely poor, impoverished, empty. But with you, I have everything. How amazing. How beautiful. I now understand poor in spirit. And that was just the beginning. And suddenly, things are beginning to make more sense. And I'm like, wait, you know, if I'm going to read the Bible through, let me just read a chapter a day. I'm going to read a chapter from the Old Testament, chapter from the New Testament. So it started, you know, Genesis chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, and just started reading a chapter a day. And I've been reading a chapter a day for the last, like, 23 years and something changes when you daily read to know God. Not to know about him, but to know him. And amazing the things that will jump off the page. Sometimes, okay, Lord, sometimes it's like, and this one begat, that one begat, that one, and like, mm, okay, Lord, family heritage, I pray for families. You know, but it's worth it because you actually know. And when people say the Bible says, Where? Where do you say it? One of the most misquoted things, God helps those who help themselves. That's not in the Bible. That's poor Richard's almanac. God, it's just the opposite. He helps those who are poor in spirit, those who rely totally on him. He is not the God. We are not called to self-help. We are called to self-surrender. So the one who has overcome can actually do the work in us. And and sometimes in prayer, and especially as I was getting started in prayer, 
I would come from the position, oh, God, you know, my friend is sick, and oh, God, this, and oh, God, that, and oh, this problem, and oh, that problem, and oh, the addiction, and what, woe is me, Jesus, let me whine. And in a process of beginning to grow, thank you, Jesus, I began to learn, I'm the son of God. I've been given authority in baptism through the Spirit, by the merit of Jesus Christ and not my own. And um, it's Ephesians chapter 2, 6, says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. What does that mean? That we are already, we have passed from death unto life. You know, that we died in the baptismal waters. We've been raised to new life. We're already dead. Yay! Good. So we're already eternally with Christ in heaven. And we can be with Christ in heaven. Our spirit can be there with him. We are seated with him even as we are in the earth. We are part of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Imagine your spirit communing with, with, with God now. And that as we begin to tune into the Spirit, His Holy Spirit, that is saying, what did He say in John? You want to know about Holy Spirit? Read John 14, 15, 16. It's a great job description. Holy Spirit will remind you of the words that Jesus said. Holy Spirit will tell you the things that are happening in heaven. Holy Spirit will comfort you. Holy Spirit will guide you. Holy Spirit will continue to reveal the Father will continue to reveal, will continue to do a work of transformation, of transubstantiation, of transfiguration. I encourage you as intercessors. Think of the place that you position yourself in prayer. Do we Position ourselves from a place of lack, of not enough, of, oh God, somewhere out there, please hear me. Or are we positioning ourselves as sons and daughters like, okay, Daddy, here's what I see, but what do you see? What do you say? How do you encourage me to pray in this situation? Because you know much better all of the many facets that are unseen. Make them visible to me. Help me, Father. An example of that, and you know, 20 minutes will never cover um, a lifetime of, of learning to love God and grow in prayer. But I will say that I had a great encounter with the Holy Spirit that just jump-started my life in knowing the Lord. And through that encounter, I began to learn about the gifts of spirit. I began to learn about the ways that God would speak and, and how he would move. And, and through prayer and listening to God's voice, you know, the spirit slowly and beautifully led me into the Catholic Church. So, so just to give you that background, it's like, yes, I am in full communion with the Catholic Church. But I wanted to share um, a very important story, I feel like, for us today. How does God say to pray? in a specific way. There was a time, I was a youth group leader still in the Baptist church, and I got this horrible sense that oh, there was going to be a high school shooting 
in my little local Rosman High School. And this school, I'll tell you, my graduating class was 60 students. So I mean, this is like more tiny than a lot of the private schools in Baton Rouge. So tiny school, this would be ridiculous. I mean, everyone knows everyone. Why would there be a shooting? But it was like this horrible sense, there's gonna be a shooting. I'm like, well, Lord, why are you telling me? Why don't you let the principal know or the police know? And it's like, but you're telling me, so God, what do I do with that? What do I do? How do I specifically pray with this, this sensation that you're giving me? And I heard nothing. So if you hear nothing, it means wait. Sometimes when you hear nothing, the answer, you're getting your answer. Your answer is wait. So I waited, still doing my regular read through the Bible. And I was reading in Matthew where Judas, because of feeling so overwhelmed and guilty, he went out and hung himself. And suddenly there was just this next little nudge of, wait, hanging. And I remembered, it brought me back to the time that the very first student in our county um, had committed suicide. A little 13-year-old boy that hung himself. And it was like, okay, you begin to pray. You begin to pray because the scripture says, the Proverbs say, that when a thief is caught, he has to pay back seven times what was stolen. And this young man's name was Micah. And I said, so Micah, again, was the name of a prophet in the Bible. So I began to pray, okay, God, we want back seven times what was stolen from our community in this little boy. Seven times the anointing, seven times the heritage, seven times the gifts, seven times the prophecies. God, you know, it's like we are praying this back. And I prayed with that, and I prayed with that. And then the next thing I heard, again, months down the road, prayer is a process. Prayer is, is, is a daily walking and a listening and a waiting, but an active waiting, not a passive waiting. And as I prayed, the, the next time as I'm like praying with this, okay, high school shooting thing, I just heard, and when I say heard, this is not an audible voice saying, you know, Micah, Lily. It's not like that. It's the same sounding voice of like, time for some more deodorant. You know, it's like, it's so normal. It's just, but the thought that, you know, like, this isn't me. I don't normally think like this. Or, or why is this thought here? So you begin to ponder and question that in a greater way. So I heard interiorly Ramstein. I thought, well, this is Ramstein. And I realized it was like, oh, wasn't that some screaming German band from when I was in eighth grade? And so I look it up. Sure enough, it was some screaming German band from when I was in eighth grade, except that they were still very active. And the Columbine shooters, the first high school shooting that we knew of, they were wearing Ramstein t-shirts. And it was like, okay, God. There was another hostage situation in a high school in Moscow where the shooters who were apprehended said, we pumped ourselves up on Ramstein music so we could go through with our plan. I'm like, okay, this is so weird. God, really help what's next? So I go onto their website, and I'm just reading up, you know, about them. And so I began to pray every day for the members of this band. I'm praying. I'm calling out for their salvation. I'm calling out praying for everyone who's listening to this music. Like, what a strange way to pray about a high school shooting in Rosman, North Carolina. But God is big. So months go by. I haven't thought much about Ramstein. I get another check in my spirit pray for Ramstein again, check their website, see what they're doing. And as I'm looking at their website, Ramstein is advertising they're coming to the United States for the first time in 10 years. 
they were doing a concert in Brazil, and then they were going to stop and do one night at Madison Square Garden on their way back to Berlin. And the Holy Spirit, you've got to go. You have to pray at that concert. I'm like, Lord, do you understand? Madison Square Garden, I'm in Rosman, North Carolina, and oh, wait, you want me to buy a ticket? Do you understand? Uh, you want me to sew into the enemy kingdom? I mean, like, the cheap tickets are $125. This is, re yes, okay, here we go. But God in his wisdom, I have enough flight points. I can book a flight just to fly up, you know, the day of the concert and fly back the next day. I have enough hotel points where I have a hotel. And so I went. But I told everyone that I knew, please be praying. I'm going to the pits of hell and get everyone else you know to be praying with me. So, so we sent out, you know, it's like the 101 Dalmatians. It's like get all the dogs barking. And, and <laughs> the hounds of heaven, I mean, I love it. So I go to this concert, and I'm just praying my heart out. And at one point... They had, it was like a clothesline hanging over the stage and what looked like little like baby dolls hanging on this clothesline. And as they're screaming in German, thank God it was in German, so I didn't know what they were saying, but it was like boom and what looked like gunshots and one by one, these like babies were falling and everyone was like screaming in hysteria and I was weeping and I was praying in the spirit and I was saying, Lord, we will not receive this in our nation. We will not receive this. God, I pray protection over everyone here. I pray for conversions and on and on and on. I prayed this whole time. And the one cool thing is when it's at a loud metal concert, you can scream and no one can hear you. So you can scream out loud, in the name of Jesus Christ, I decree and declare that you and your entire family will know the Lord. And so it's, it's a really good way to pray. I get home and I'm thinking like, God, what in the world was that all about? I mean, really? But I trust you. A week later, I get a phone call. One of my friends said, you are never going to believe this. I said, what? She said, I listened to what you said, and I told everyone I knew to pray. And one of my friends in Charlotte just called me. She said, you know that concert that you had me praying for? I'm like, yeah. She said, I just found out my sister's boyfriend went to that concert. And he came home, and he confessed that he had been in a satanic cult, and he wanted to get out and give his life to Jesus. I said, oh, God, thank you, Lord even if it was for just that one. Thank you, God. I'm telling this story a year later, and a young man comes up to me, and he said, what time frame was that? And I told him. He said, Kevin, did you hear about what happened at the high school? I said, no. He said, they brought a drug dog in for the first time into Rosman High School, and the dog stopped at a locker, and rather than finding drugs, they found a gun. And they took the young man, got him into counseling, and to this date, there hasn't been a shooting at Rosman High School. Thank you, Jesus. I share this story to encourage you. We all have people we're praying for. We all have heavy situations, and sometimes the Lord gives us specific assignments but I want to encourage you, faithful warriors, ask God how to pray for each situation. It's so easy to have our go-tos, 
our simplest, like, okay, uh, I'm going to do another Our Father, or I'm going to, you know, jump up and down, or I'm going to scream, or I'm going to sing. You know, it's like whatever your thing is, we all have our defaults, and those are beautiful. But sometimes there's another way. There's a specific directive that God wants to give you. And I want to encourage you to be open. I want to encourage you. Open up the scripture. Stay so close to the Eucharist. But trust that through these things, that Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy, God is going to speak to you. And not speak to you, but use you to do exploits for his kingdom, for his power, and for his glory. You have the gift of the Spirit inside of you. God wants to speak, and he will speak in ways that will blow your mind. So, Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your voice in whispers, in dreams, in visions, through others, through signs, through wonders, through sacraments. God, we thank you for activating us today in our position from heaven and our authority as sons and daughters, as prophets, priests, and kings. God, we repent, God, for every way that we have um, acted as beggars. And God, we thank you for the spirit of adoption, where we cry out, Abba, Father, Papa, God. And we thank you, God, for infusing our prayers with faith. God, I just speak an infusion of faith into our prayers, God. Anywhere that we have grown weary, God, I thank you for a resurgence of faith. And I thank you, God, for the answers, even if the answer is wait or if the answer is no, God. We thank you in advance because we know that you hear our prayers and that you respond. And we pray blessings over everyone in this place and those that we love. In Jesus' name, amen.